Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. The President's Cup versus the Ryder Cup, isn't it interesting? The President's Cup is played every other year, the Ryder Cup obviously every other year. So the United States is under the gun to play an international competition every year. The Europeans who have dominated the Ryder Cup recently, they play every other year. And the international team that plays on the President's Cup, they play every other year. I'm joined again by Mike O'Connell. Mike, what is the difference in the domination? Why does Europe dominate the Ryder Cup and the United States play poorly? And why does the United States dominate the President's Cup? What's the difference? It's team competition. Yeah, team competition, I'll start with, I think there's a lot of reasons, but the first one is the President's Cup, the U.S. team is talent-wise significantly better. I think if you were to go look at the rankings, the world rankings, which is the best way probably to to look at it, I would say every one of our players is probably in the top 15 to 20. I don't know that the President's Cup or the, the international team has anybody inside the top 10. Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, the, depth, the depth of the international team isn't nearly what the depth of the European team is. Uh, I mean, when you've got guys on the European team like Graham McDowell, who's a major winner, he's missing the team. Um, you've got... You've just, Poulter. It, Ian Poulter's missing the team. Lee Westwood has to be a captain selection every other year. It's, that's the biggest thing. And don't forget, too, the President's Cup's only been around for... 20 years or so, so it's still relatively new. The international team is led this year by Ernie Els, the captain. Uh, President's Cup, obviously the captain is Tiger Woods. Everybody knows that. But when you look at the international team, there are names like Jason Day, Hideki Matsuyama, Adam Scott. These are household names, but those are the leaders of the team. And when you start looking at the youngsters on the team, there's not a lot of experience. So I think your point, and my point on this, is that the top five on both teams are pretty interchangeable. That's really where the main competition comes in. But where the United States, I think, has the advantage is from number six through 12. The bottom six, seven guys, the United States clearly has the advantage. Now, has the advantage on paper. But in golf, as you well know, you were captain of the Notre Dame golf team. Anybody can beat anybody on any day. Yeah, and I think where the Ryder Cup, where the Europeans get their home turf, home field advantage is, they're all in the same uh, landlocked area. When you go to Japan or New Zealand or South Africa, South Africa Australia, half of those players aren't even from that area. So it's not, a, it's not that collective crazy fan base behind them. And I think... You're right, Peter, that the international team, they've had the Ernie L's as the stud. They've had Shigeki Mariyama, Hideki Matsuyama. They've always had the top two or three players, but if you go down the, the list, uh, I think Abraham Answer, C.T. Pan, guys like that are qualified for the team. I'll take Ricky Fowler or Gary Woodland against those guys day in and day out. It, it's The depth catches up with them. What do you think about the theory that in the Ryder Cup, the United States team isn't loose. They're not having any fun. Do you think that these guys go in with with high expectations? Do they go in 
scared? Do they go in afraid to lose? Do they do they not play to win? Do they play to not lose? I think you're spot on. I think we the United States dominated the Ryder Cup competition for so long. And finally, when Europe broke through, it puts a little bit of a seed of doubt into the guy's mind. So now it's like, we got to get that back. we got to get that back. And I think part of it, a big part of it is, we do go in trying not to lose instead of playing to win. I mean, let it go. Course setup comes into play. What, what Europe did this past year in Paris was brilliant, where they just tightened all those fairways in, played to their strengths. We couldn't hit fairways. So there's a little of that that goes into it. But the main thing is I think, I think we are a little tight. Europe comes, they're, they're hooting and hollering it on the first hole, ready to go. Yeah, full disclosure, I was on two teams, 85 and 95. Captain Lee Trevino in 85 and Captain Lanny Watkins in 95 lost both times. That was really in 85 the start of the European invasion. Don't forget back in those days it was just Great Britain and Ireland and the United States dominated. But when they let Europe in, that's when we saw the uh, we saw Seve and Langer and these these dominant players come in. And not only did they play well, but they had that attitude of winning, that 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 culture of no defeat, most especially from Seve. Oh, he was he was. I still remember those matches. He'd take a ball under his wing. He'd take Sergio under his wing, and they formed a team that it, it didn't matter how well the other. United States team played, they were going to find a way to beat them. And I think it does appear like they are better friends, I think, and that's not saying anything bad about the U.S., but all of these guys have grown up, they, they go to different colleges, they're from different parts of the country, the United States is a pretty big country, there's not that, the United States has never had a, tight, a partner with Tiger that just seems unbeatable. He's tried a bunch of different partners and hasn't had a ton of success with any of them. So I think there, there is that. They, they just look like they're having more fun. So and when you have fun, you're looser. You're predicting a United States win in the President's Cup? I am. Yeah, I don't think it'll be close. Okay, next year at Whistling Straits. I know we're way ahead of that, but Ryder Cup, U.S. versus Europe, I think, Whistling Straits. I think in the, who, I'll, I'll say this. It's hard to play as the favorite in the Ryder Cup, and I think that's in any sport. Um, probably the only team that's been super successful with that is the, the New England Patriots. They're the heavy favorites. It feels like every year they win. The Ryder Cup to me has been has come to the point where you don't want to be the favorite. You want to be the underdog because it's such a big event with, with worldwide TV audience and, and the pressure. So if the United States are the favorites in their home soil, I think that makes it harder for them. Well, we'll see. It's going to be really interesting. I as we said, the President's Cup with Tiger. Will Ernie Els rally his squad to win? We're going to wait and see. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. The fans are fired up and making sure they show it. They're rallying loud, not your usual crowd. It's a jungle in I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, and I'm a proud University of Oregon duck, and I love being from the Pacific Northwest, but when all three of my children went east for college, I knew I needed to change things up. I wanted to get back into their same time zone, so after an extensive search, my wife and I ended up in the Naples, Florida area, but I wished I'd had Golf Life Navigators to help me make that decision. Golf Life Navigators is like Match.com meets Zillow. 
It's the only place you can go to uncover your ideal golf lifestyle. So go to golflifenavigators.com and fill out the Pro Guide 3 questionnaire. It will ask you all the pertinent questions like, where do you want to live? Or how do you want to experience your golf? Then it matches you to golf clubs and you get to choose which one has the best environment for you. Look, I, I really don't understand the internet or how it works, but it's so easy even I can figure this out. So if your body hurts like mine, and it hurts all the time, the one thing I'm always trying to to understand is is why my body hurts. And growing up my entire life, I was told by my athlete friends, oh, you just play golf. And that's not difficult at all. The ball sits there. All you do is turn, hit it, and then you walk and you do it again and again and again. And I, I believed them until my body started to break down. And then when I had the chance to go see people like my next guest, Dr. Robert Tennant, I learned that there's a lot going on with your body in the golf swing because of being in a stationary position and all the torque that goes into the golf swing. So Dr. Tennant, thanks for being here. And uh, first of all, what's your handicap? I just checked my index today. It's 6.0. So 6.0, and I just noticed you walked into the room with all these instructional golf books. <laughs> well, the other day, uh, Laura, my wife, was uh, entertaining uh, Ellen Port, who's a seven-time USGA champion, and she got talking about uh, one of the best books ever written uh, was, uh, were, were actually two authors. One was John Jacobs and then another, uh, Jim Hardy. And she was told by uh, somebody she really respects that the book that Jim Hardy wrote uh, in 2005 and just looked at it, it was one of the best uh, uh, golf instruction books she's, uh, he's ever read. And so I said, geez, I have that down in my library. So I brought it up. And uh, when you knocked on the door just a little bit, I, I had it up here from showing Ellen. So I thought I'd show it to you. <laughs> well, it's funny because Jim Hardy has been my friend and my teacher and my golf course design partner for many years. I didn't realize that, that Ellen had said that. But Back to my aching body. Tell us a little bit about the injuries that that can happen, especially to a golfer. So, uh, in the orth- I'm an orthopedist, by the way. In the orthopedic literature, uh, there have been some, some articles that popped up over the years about golf injuries and what gets hurt. This, the, I'll stop from start from top to bottom: shoulder, back, and in the uh, extremities, uh, elbow, wrist and knee but the most common are shoulder back and elbow probably and as we age kind of the gist of this one article i read uh, as we age we should start thinking about going to uh, more forgiving shafts and specifically you know graphite shafts and try if you can to avoid hitting off you know mats I and mean, sometimes you're relegated you have to hit off mats but if, if you do maybe hit off a little tee because hitting off those mats they're kind of hard the ground's really hard does a number on your elbow, quite frankly. And so people present with, regarding elbow tendonitis, their elbow and their shoulder, they can get rotator cuff, you know, partial tears, full thickness tears. And in the spine, of that rotation of the spine, you can look at Tiger Woods, you know, who just had that uh, fusion. Um, 
you can start getting arthritic changes uh, in the spine too, unfortunately. So it does take a toll, even though it doesn't look, it doesn't, like when you were playing at Lincoln High School way back in the early 70s, uh, you know, people said, hey, what are you doing? That's not real sport. Well, <laughs> you proved them wrong, Peter. It is a sport. The, uh, what, what can people do to help with their golf? Now, I, I wish I'd had this knowledge back when I was in my 20s and 30s, but what, what would you say is most important? Would it be flexibility? Would it be weight training? Would it be uh, uh, balance for, for better proprioception? What, what would you suggest? I think it's all, all of the above. I think you need to, uh, prior to playing, you need, you need to warm up and stretch. And then the muscles that are used, uh, if you can tr- train them and strengthen them in a weight training pr- uh, program, or would be beneficial. You know, most of the players now, you look on uh, television, watch the PGA players, and they're all you know buffed guys. But years ago, <laughs> growing up, you watched a TV back in the late 60s and whatnot and the only player that was really fit was Gary Player and there's a testimony to fitness because to this day Gary Player I think he must be a early 80s he is still in great shape and we were lucky enough to see him at this deal that Laura was invited to last year and he just popped up on the stage and spoke and I mean he's fit as a fiddle so he was ahead of his time interesting you started from the top down for me my problems have been from the ground up, uh, most notably my knee, which I had replaced on my right side, and my left hip was replaced, and I have had back surgeries too. So interesting for you to, uh, to mention top down. To me, it feels like because my feet, golfer's feet, are planted on the ground, that that's where the, the most torque happens, especially when in a golf swing, you're trying to rotate around a fixed point you're trying to keep your head still and the violent move that we see from the players today the players are fit and buff but my gosh when you watch guys well tiger when you watch jason day and rory they and dustin johnson they the swing speeds are off the charts whereas back when when you and i grew up playing golf and when i played on the tour early on it wasn't that way it was mostly about tempo yeah um when you mentioned ground up what i maybe you, you can comment on this better than I, but I've noticed on TV a lot of people on the follow-through now are spinning their left foot outward. You know, Bubba Watson was probably one of the first ones that did it so dramatically, but a lot of those guys now are doing that. And I wonder if that, because they're learning now that people's, the great players, you included, have had their left hip replaced. Uh, Nicholas Watson, Davis Love, Peter Jacobson. Tom, Tom Pertzer had it done, Harrison Fraser. All, all the left hip. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate. Ten years ago when Watson was gunning for another British Open championship, and it was ten years ago this year that uh, Stuart Sink um, outlasted him. And if Watts could only have gotten up and down on that last toe and then forced a playoff. But he would have been the first, and, and this would have, I was really cheering for him only because from an orthopedic standpoint, nothing against Stuart Sink. But he would have been the first human ever to win a, a major you know with a with a joint replacement and, you know and then when tiger came back after his back surgery and, st- and won the you know, masters last year i mean that was great i thought for orthopedics hopefully that back will hold up but anyway uh in ankles uh, there there has been i don't know if you know any players who had ankle injuries but there that was mentioned in one of the articles i read you know about ankle injuries in golfers too when i was learning the game from my father who you knew 
one of the things he always told us was to swing and keep your feet quiet and try to swing as though you're standing on frozen ice, a frozen lake that has a half of inch of ice. And you don't want to push down too hard with your legs starting through so you could be shallow through the ball, wouldn't take a big divot, and you could kind of sweep the ball off the grass or off the tee. Nowadays, and this may be to your point, nowadays when you watch Justin Thomas, who just won the CJ Cup in, uh, in Korea, and Bubba Watson, you see these players literally jump into the ball and their feet come off the ground. Do you... I know people say that's about using the ground force and using that upward lift, but do you foresee anything happening to their body because of that? I know I'm making you run out on a limb here. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think time will tell, um, but you're right. And, and it's, you know, our largest muscle in our body is our or our, our glutei muscles, or gluteus maximus. That's, That'd be the butt. That's your butt, yeah. <laughs> and so they're pushing off the ground, you know, with their le- legs, legs. You know, get a leg press, you can push much more than you can, you know, bench press. So your legs are so strong that um, maybe they're trying to use the bigger muscle in the body. I, I, I don't know. I noticed that, though. They're pushing against the ground, and you're right. So I hope their bodies hold up, though, over the years. Well, Robert, thank you for joining us. 6.0 Index. You've got Jim Hardy's book over there, which uh, I think is a pretty good book. I've read all of his his books myself. In fact, I'm looking at The Plain Truth for Golfers by Jim Hardy. And guess whose picture's on the front? It's mine. So that's a shameful promotion for my picture for Jim Hardy's book. Doctor, thanks for joining us. You bet, Peter. Good talking to you. your body hurts like mine but I look back over my PGA Tour career and I actually used to run two or three miles a day I can't even imagine running today I used to go to the gym I used to lift weights I used to on the treadmill and the elliptical I was I wouldn't say I was in every day but I was in probably two or three times a week nowadays these players have taken it to the to the next level they're in they're in the gym twice a day on competitive round days, which is which blows my mind. But now that I'm 65 years old, I've had a couple of hip replacements and a knee replacement and back surgery. I hope you can't relate to this, which would mean uh, you're, you're in, still in pretty good shape. But if you do relate to this, I've got to share with you something. My daughter, Kristen, who's a, who's a doctor, she told me that she heard of this new group popping up called Stretch Lab. And she said there was one up in Mount Kisco, New York, where, where she lives. So I decided to take a, uh, take a chance. I went up and I had an appointment. Well, I, I'm hooked. I have now been going to the stretch lab here in Portland, Oregon, as well as uh, in New York. And I go in a couple times a week and I get stretched. Now, obviously, we get stretched in the PGA Tour 
fitness van, and it's an essential thing. But these guys stretch me like I, I've I've never stretched before, and as a result, I feel much better. I feel like I've got a little bit of a, a spring in my step. I feel like my golf game has gotten a little bit better. So the moral to this story is if your body hurts like mine, maybe start looking at doing more stretching, a little bit more intense work with with a stretching technique or a stretching regimen. I think it's going to surprise you. It's a jungle in here and we all know it. The fans are fired up. I am joined now proudly by my two daughters, my daughter Amy Jacobson, who happens to work for me at Peter Jacobson Sports, and her younger sister, Dr. Kristen Saylor, a neurologist up in New York, a self-proclaimed non-golfer, but she's a smarty pants, so she's going to figure best. this out. So what we're going to do, we're going to play a game called Golf Cart Trivia, name mashup. I'm going to give you two clues, and you're going to put these names together, for example, the former British Open champion and 2016 European Ryder Cup captain and Superman's alter ego. The answer would be? Kristen, you want to take this one? I don't know. I know Clark Kent. I've got that far, but I have no idea about the first part. Um, Darren I'm... Clark Kent. Oh, you think you're so smart. <laughs> Darren Clark Kent. Job. So you get the idea. So okay. I'm going right. to give you... I can do this. I can do this. I'm going to give you about 10 of these and see if you can get them. Here comes number one. A popular card game in Vegas where 21 is a great number and the greatest golfer of all time named the Golden Bear. Blackjack Nicholas. There yeah. you go. Uh, see, neurology taught me something. Here we go. Number two. With this, but that's okay. The great martial arts action film hero from Hong Kong and the Merry Mex. Jackie Chan. No, not Jackie Chan. I know what it is, from but I'm going to let you ans- try to answer first. The Merry Mex. Chi-Chi it's a Rodriguez? nickname for somebody. Chi Chi? No? No. Um, no. Um, help me out here, guys. Is Chi Chi even Mexican? No. It's oh, Bruce man, I'm really Lee embarrassing myself Trevino. Here. Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee Trevino. Trevino. Oh, all right. Okay. Arguably the greatest basketball player ever and the 2015 PGA Tour Player of the Year. Michael Jordan's beef. Wow. You are a smarty Kristen pants. has a very elated look on her face right now. Okay. I just I know very, is, very little about golf, and so this is everything. To blowing me right her now. own mind here right now by the yeah. fact that she's getting these answers right. I thought when I said the greatest player of all time, you probably would have said Peter Jacobson. But Well, you know, what's we helping me on. here is that half the clue is not golf, and that's what I get first, and then right. I work <laughs> off of that. Okay, here we go. A snareless drum and a five time British open champion from Kansas City. I mean, what let me is give, that wait, clue? Even? Let me a give you another clue. Drum? Let Who me give you, you another clue. The newest Vanderpump bar and a five-time British Open champion. Okay, so Tom, Tom something. <laughs> wait, what were the other clues? What's uh, the name of the bar? Tom Tom. <laughs> and what's the five-time British <laughs> Open champion's name from Kansas City? You know him, and you know his kids. Um, Tom. Um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name right now? I know, I know who you're talking about. Tom Watson. Yes, Tom Watson. We grew up with them. Tom, Tom, Tom Tom Watson. Okay, thank you for that clue about Vanderpump Rules. If anyone here watches that show, you'll get that joke. But I think ninety-nine percent of you will not. Probably not. But I knew that that would get you the half the clue that you needed. Okay, here it comes one that I know you'll get. A famous Sesame Street duo. 
and the 2015 Payne Stewart Award-winning four-time major champion. Burton Ernie Els? Yes. That is impressive. Here we go. Another one. A large rescue dog from the Swiss Alps and the greatest German golfer of all time. Rescue dog from the Swiss Alps. Uh, uh, It's the one with the barrel on its neck, right? (laughs) (laughs) It was in Beethoven, right? Okay. Um, I know it. It is not a German Shepherd, right? Correct. It is a large dog. It wears a barrel. (laughs) Rescues people. A barrel with booze (laughs) underneath. Um, I could use some help. It's people. a Saint Bernard Saint Longer. Saint Bernard Longer. There you oh, go. That's, that's Here a we winner. go. That's a winner. Here's another one. We're getting near the end. The bearded fat guy bearing gifts we expect to see at Christmas, and the lead color analyst for CBS Golf. Santa Claus. <laughs> Fromheiner. Nope. nope. It's Jolly Saint- Old Saint Nick Faldo. <laughs> I would have I, just said Saint I like Nick Santa Faldo. Santa Claus Fromhalder. I think that was a better Santa one. Claus Fromhalder is All right, a here's our last answer. one. Our last one of name mashup as a part of golf cart trivia. I know you'll get this. A funny movie with Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow about a man who only sees beauty in his girlfriend and the 1985 PGA champion who won at Riviera Country Club in L.A. So, um, I know obviously it. that's Hal Irwin. So, <laughs> what's the movie? Oh, my gosh. I Are you being serious? I am being serious. <laughs> this is what medical school does for you. No, the answer is, Amy? Shallow Hal Sutton. <laughs> Shallow Hal Sutton. I just thought that maybe it's, if I delivered it with a lot of confidence, it would just go over well. It's Hale Irwin. See, I'm just rolling with it, guys. So that's all the time we have with my two daughters here on Golf Cart Trivia Name Mashup. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah, sorry, guys. And please don't at me. <laughs> okay. All right. Dad doesn't even know what that means. I don't even know. You just you stopped me on that. I'm an idiot. So are you, Kristen. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours?